Hi, I'm Diane. And I'm John. And you're listening to Paranoid Fantasy. Fantasy. The podcast about bizarre events and the people involved. What are we talking about today, John? Today we're talking about pirates, parties, and the other P word that rhymes with scoop. Yes, all of those things that roll up together to make the magical strawberry daiquiri, conga line, casino splash pool, all-you-can-eat, beautiful American (laughs) dream, disastrous industry known as cruising. And we will focus on one notorious cruise in specific, the Carnival Triumph, and its triumphant 2013 escapade across the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah, around 300 people have disappeared or gone overboard on cruise ships and ferries since 2000. And according to a report released for the Cruise Lines International Association in 2016 by G.P. Wild, about 19 people go overboard while aboard a cruise ship or ferry each year. And sadly, between 2009 and 2016, there were known eight fatalities led to overboard incidents alone. Wow. Although... Fights, theft, and crime might not be too apparent on ships. It does happen. In 2016 alone, there were over 60 reported sexual assaults on cruise ships out of 92 total alleged crimes. NPR's Mm -hmm. Eric Weiner noted that according to FBI statistics, some 16% of all murders and 7% of sexual assaults aboard cruise ships led to convictions or Plea bargains. According to the popular site Cruise Critic, if a ship is in a port where a crime occurs, local authorities have clear jurisdiction, but each county is also entitled to jurisdiction in waters within 12 nautical miles of their shores. And that's according to the United Nations Convention on the Law of the Sea. Ships are also vulnerable to pirates. In 2005, the seaborne cruise line Spirit which had 150 passengers on board, managed to evade a potential attack by armed tsunami pirates. The 2000, in 2009, okay, the piracy wait, say reporting that again, because it's <laughs> Somali. Sonali. You said tsunami. Somali. Tsunami. <laughs> tsunami. A big win. Okay, I'm going to clap. No. <laughs> okay. Oh, tsunami pirates. <laughs> I was like, she'll let that go. And I'm like, actually. This <laughs> mm, probably better not do. Okay. In 2005, Seaborne Cruise Line Spirit, which had 150 passengers on board at the time, managed to evade a potential attack by Somali pirates. And in 2009, the Piracy Reporting Center of the International Maritime Bureau claimed that pirates along the coast of Somalia had attacked over 200 vessels that year, resulting in uh, 47 hijackings. Luckily, none of those were passenger cruise ships. In 2017, passengers of the Sea Princess departing from Sydney were subjected to a 10-day blackout from sunrise to sunset to avoid a perceived pirate threat. Can you imagine being on board and <laughs> what an hell adventure? No. Hail, hail. No. Everything's dark. And I've never Everybody, been on a cruise ship. <laughs> I haven't either. <laughs> um well, there's more than one way that ships can be taken <laughs> over. <laughs> I'll, let, I'll leave this part to you. <laughs> well, yeah, I noticed that. Finally, 
<laughs> raw sewage taking over ships has happened more than once, according to the insider.com. The carnival, <laughs> you gave me this part. The carnival triumph cruise ship famously caught fire and subsequently <laughs> lost power or mercifully caught fire. I, I, I wouldn't say that except for the souls on board. In the Gulf of Mexico in February of 2013 and five and for five days those passengers were subjected to raw rising sewage the plumbing system collapsed propelling the media oh oh no propelling the media to nickname the debacle the word that rhymes with scoop but spelled with a p cruise yes let's take a short break and then get right back into it the podcast like you suggested on the afternoon of february 7th the carnival triumph sailed away from the port of galveston texas passengers wearing their best cruise attire they looked forward to sailing south toward its destination to cozumel mexico the triumph now renamed the sunrise is part of the cruise li- <laughs> cruise line's fleet of fun ships outfitted with pools slides and a variety of dining sports and even casinos like a floating vegas the ship had a, quote, great cities theme with a Paris dining room, a London Dito, a Roman lounge, and the Club Rio. A few days later, however, the impressive-looking vessel had new monikers such as the Poop Cruise and the Ship of Stools. It would become the center of a class action lawsuit over a week-long ordeal that began in the pitch dark on Sunday morning, February 10th, when the ship's crew and 4,200 passengers hurried to the muster station for life vests after a fire broke out in the machine room. That's a weird word, right? Like, just off-topic, muster? What does that mean? Like, what do you think? Um, I know I've heard the, I've heard the term, um, does that pass muster? I think it's a military term Ooh. where everyone musters. Yeah, if you can muster mm-hmm. up the courage, right? But not to yeah. be confused with mustard. Okay. Exactly. The Carnival Triumph. I love mustard, though. Recently renamed Sunrise. Actually, it was renamed, I believe, in last year, 2019, because it had just had one too many uh, mishaps, you know, to date. And I guess that's a spoiler, like. The ship itself did <laughs> it did survive this cruise only to find itself in more hot water. Pardon <laughs> the pun. Um, but at the time in 2013, the Carnival Triumph, it was three football fields long and 116 feet at her widest point. The vessel's wow. gross tonnage, which is a measure of volume and not of weight, is 1,001, sorry, 1,100, what, 101,000, wait, how do I say that number? <laughs> yeah, 101,509. God, I need to take math. Carnival Sunrise, well, yeah, that's a weird, I can't, I, that's, I'm worried about myself that I couldn't read that number. Um, I think it's funny that, well, I think it's the way it's printed. Um, I think it's really funny, though. It's... 
as opposed to no- numbers how they're usually printed. <laughs> You're so well, kind. it's a vertical. Carnival Sunrise has a diesel electric propulsion system in which the main generators provide electricity for all the shipboard functions from propulsion, propulsion motors to hotel systems such as air conditioning and lighting. She was completed and entered service in 1999. Um, I guess that's important to mention because like all that power is basically coming from one place. So when that stuff goes out, you can only imagine what happens in the, you know, the hot mm. sun of Gal- in the Gulf of Mexico. Oh, boy. Well, on the early morning of Sunday, February 10th, 2013, three days into sailing, the ship suffered a fire in the aft engine room, and passengers looked over the side rail to see billows of smoke coming from the engine room. Over the intercom, passengers heard the announcement, Code Alpha Team to Engine Room. The fire burned out the ship's main engines, and passengers strapped on live vests and headed to the muster stations once again. The 100,000-ton ship with over 4,000 people on board was dead in the water. I think that's a cool term. Power was shut off. Um, that just means like all the engines were, like it, the ship was just sitting there still, right? It didn't mean everyone was gone. Correct. Oh, that's good. As you will find out. <laughs> oh! <laughs> they, they, were, they, were, they were there to enjoy the mm-hmm. aftermath. Mm-hmm. Okay, the power shut off the entire ship. The lower decks... The lower decks filled with fire and smoke. Sorry. The lower decks were full of uh, smoke, and the air conditioning system went kaput. Wow. And the crew made the announcement saying, nothing to worry about. They could um, head up to Lido Deck where it was, quote, very lovely. Yes, that's the recording you can pretty easily find. And it's really interesting. The lady has like a really calm sense about her, but and you can hear in her voice like the panic as well. Mm. Automated system mm. extinguish automated systems extinguished the fire in the engine room, but the ship was still dead in the water. And the Carnival Triumph was originally expected well. Okay, so the ship was dead in the water basically. And then they try to figure it out, you know, in 24 hours. Um, mm-hmm. They're originally going to just take it to the closest port because they're very close to Mexico, um, the Mexican port of Progreso, like the soup. Mm-hmm. However, <laughs> after being carried north by currents while awaiting the arrival of large seagoing tugboats, she was expected to dock in Mobile, Alabama instead. So they were just going to bring her back to America. Because it was easier. Mm-hmm. This was the fourth mm-hmm. engine room fire on a Carnival-owned ship, resulting in a loss of power, including the Tropicale in 1999, Carnival Splendor in 2010, and the Costa Allegra, owned by Carnival Subsidiary in 2012. Some reports suggested the move back to the more distant mobile Alabama was due to the fact that many passengers didn't have passports, which is confusing because I thought you had to have a passport to go on a cruise to Mexico. The tug back to Alabama took a day longer than the tug to Mexico would have been. And 
two Carnival cruise ships were diverted to send food and water. And by the second day, dead in the water, passengers were hungry and thirsty, and the ship was listing to top off backed-up toilets. Passengers were given little red bags to use in place of toilet. Mm. Passengers were throwing them out into the hallway. Sewage began to seep down walls. With no air conditioners, passengers began to sleep out on the open decks using bed sheets as makeshift canopies to block the Gulf of Mexico's sun. One man was lying in, in the bed, ceiling above him collapsed, and it was filled with human waste. The crews gave out free drinks to appease, and this led to fighting aboard, and the scene reportedly turned chaotic. Um, the would-be vacationers were hoarding food, while others waited up to four hours in line to receive an onion sandwich. Okay, crews gave out free drinks to appease, and this led to fighting it, oh, um, aboard, and this scene reportedly turned chaotic. The would-be vacationers were hoarding... <laughs> I'm not going to edit that. <laughs> Why? It was fine the first time. Back at Carnival headquarters. Oh, okay. <laughs> Receive an onion April. sandwich? <laughs> I, I, that actually sounds really good to me. <laughs> but not, <laughs> not with the smell and, of the sewage. Back at Carnival mm-hmm. headquarters, sailings through April 13th were canceled. Oh, man. After which, mm. Carnival announced the first phase of fleet-wide review to include installation of backup generator systems on the line's ships to allow time for generators to be installed aboard the Carnival Triumph. Ten more voyages were canceled through June 3rd. Sounds kind of familiar. Um, mm, yeah. mm. On the afternoon of February 13th, two seagoing tugboats... Why is that funny? <laughs> I don't know. On the afternoon, if I just don't know what's going to happen, uh, I you know I, mean, I don't want to give anything away, but it's just <laughs> on the afternoon of February thirteenth, two seagoing tugboats were were towing the ship with a third tugboat expected to arrive that evening, and the goal was to reach Port Mobile by early afternoon on February fourteenth. But strong winds delayed the expected arrival, and eventually four tugboats were towing the ship, with a fifth on standby. After a tow line broke, arrival was delayed still further. The ship finally docked on Valentine's Day. Oh, honey, so good to see you. Thursday. You smell so good. (laughs) Yes, and I've been at sea for eight days, seven of those with no power. I've missed you. You, yes. Yes, come in I for a you, hug. <laughs> horrified passengers kissed the ground when they arrived, and they were given a full refund, a voucher for future cruises, and $500 to keep quiet. It took three days for Carnival to make a public statement, but I don't think it was hush money. I just but added it, to, yeah. to keep quiet. Wouldn't it take you three days to figure out what, how to explain that? <laughs> yeah. It, it would, especially, um, you know, when they the voucher for for future cruises and five hundred dollars. Oh. I mean, I wonder who came up with that. It's kind of like an arbitrary. 
as maybe that was for dry cleaning. Well, if you were the CEO of Carnival, would you rather be like in that situation or like the situation of like March thirteenth of this year? Mm. Like, is this worse than the COVID? Right. This is worse. Carnival. This is yeah. worse because. Yeah. There wasn't like the extenuating circumstance of a, a worldwide pandemic, pandemic, which, which you know that is totally out of everyone's control. They blew the freaking like their whole like if they're driving, like they're driving like you're in your little Pontiac, it'd be like your whole freaking engine just like bursting into flames. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, and then stuck in there. And then you're, you have a red bag in your glove box and you pull it out. Yeah. And just throw it into the back seat. And you're in the middle of, like, literally the ocean on this gigantic Titanic that could just, like, basically go under. That is horrifying. It would be. Carnival admitted there was an electrical problem on the cruise before its February 7th sailing. But promised this issue had no relation to, uh, had no relation to the Mexican cruise. Uh, of course, um, it, yeah, you know, I wanted to just put in there like the uh, the U.S. Coast Guard is the ones that um, you know were the the agency that actually had to go down there and deliver them the emergency supplies and provide the tugboat back or the tugboats back to United States. And and those those uh, fees for that came out of um, taxpayers' pockets, right? So it, because it, they yeah. so we are actually we pay for those rescues at sea, you know, as American citizens. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't have a problem with that. I guess some people would be like, I mean, the articles that I read, they kind of wanted to make a big point of that, but I'm like, you know, things happen, and I. I've had different opinions on cruising my whole life. I mean, I think they're trying to become more environmentally um, responsible, but I've never been on a cruise, but I think they're an important part of life as we know it. I mean, they bring a lot of people joy, and, you know, what would life be without cruising? I have heard a lot of people you know, talk about being really excited because it's time that they can get their family together and everything um, and spend time. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's just really, I mean, I think I, I would sure want to acquaint my family with, you know, safety, um, awareness, and just like anything else you do, though, you need to be awake in the moment and mindful of what you're doing. So, yeah, you know, I suppose that's <laughs> no difference. Knowing you and I, we would be sitting there like, with our teeth clenched, <laughs> holding onto like the railing of the boat with the like, ladder crying. and an inflatable raft ready, <laughs> just crying. <laughs> what would you have done in this situation? Like you're on the ship and like you're there the the second day you wake up and there's no power and there's no plumbing. And you're dead at sea. Like, what would you even do? Gosh, I mean, I, you know, I think for one, I, I think, I, I don't think I would throw my red bag out into the hall. <laughs> I, mean, I, I think I'd make, I, I think I'd make sure it was sealed. What? Um, I, 
<laughs> you know, I mean, I, I thought you were going to say like, I would make art and you have to go to that red bag. I went straight to the red bag. Wait. Oh, I'd go up. I'd be one of those people. Well, because to me, I mean, like, like a fragrance can make or break if I walk into a room. Mm. And so, I mean, I just can't imagine, but, um, <laughs> but like, <laughs> but I think that I would be one of those people that was sleeping up on the deck. Um, because I would want to be out. I'd be, out, I'd want to be out in the weather where I could see, I'd find, I'd probably try to find a place that was really high <laughs> And really, um, you know, safe. Mm-hmm. And then I that way, if this ship started to to list too much, I would know it really soon. And oh, you know, wow, be able to. <laughs> I think my instinct is like pretty much the same. That's what I would do as well. I would get out of that room mm. if I unless I had a balcony. Mm-hmm. But still, like I would feel a little oh. trapped. If I had a balcony, I would still feel like. I want to be, like, on deck, like, by the side of the ship, like, or, you know, in the line for the rescue or whatever, you know. I would help Mm -hmm. everyone off the ship, of course, before I rescued myself, being a gentleman, but I... And I know you would, which is really funny because... I would probably want to be, like, a solution, sorry, solution person. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you would be a lot of help on a cruise like that. I'd be I'd be curled up in a ball up on on top of the slide crying. Yeah, I mean it's like it's such an interesting thing because how much of a, you know, you can only do so much when there's like a crowd of what four thousand belligerent people. But at the same time, mm-hmm. I think sometimes in those situations, like now, even the climate of our own country politically, and you know, with this health situation, like sometimes just like chilling and like letting everyone else do their thing is like. Like, that's, like, the best thing you can do. You know what I'm saying? Like, Oh, like sure. Just stay out of the way and let the professionals do their job. Exactly. Like, they, they know their ship and stuff like that. And just not be another person to rescue. And, mm-hmm. yeah, but, I mean, if... They really know their ship. Mm-hmm. That's, I... <laughs> that was a good one. Thank you. <laughs> They really know I their ship. I just stole it from you. You just said it. Really? You just said it. I just, oh, I didn't yeah, even you said they know their ship. And I, I, I it tickled me. Well, so when I the ship hits it. the fan, but all in all, I mean, the people that got <laughs> off the ship, they have a great story. They got $500, they got a refund, and they get um, a voucher for a future cruise. I mean, and I'd be interested to know how many of them actually use that. I'm sure most of them did because. What are the chances of that happening again, you know? <laughs> that's what I was thinking, too. I think that's... Uh, it's like one of those things. It's horrible when you're in it, but it's such a good story. <laughs> you know? The mm-hmm. risk you take. Yeah. So, um, I do want to just ask and encourage our listeners, please rate our podcast and take just a second to write a little bit of a review only if you like it (laughs) and help us Mm -hmm. continue to grow our podcast so we can do more and have more engagement with everybody that'd be fabulous share it with your friends yes that's such a good idea thank you i'm john and i'm diane and you've been listening to paranoid Paranoid fantasy fantasy Fantasy.